Welcome to CEO Money. I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. All right. I have Nancy Height. She is the president and CEO of the Strategic Wealth Advisor. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Michael, for inviting me to participate in the program today. My pleasure. Give our audience a, some background on you, what you bring to the table, and then I have a series of questions for you. Well, to start off, I started off as a school teacher in uh, Brookline, Massachusetts, for those people that are from the Northeast. Um, I was uh, an American history teacher and an English teacher, and uh, I was elected to tenure. And I guess I was a person who uh, was thinking outside the box even back in those days. After being elected to tenure, I said, what does that mean? And they said, well, that means from this point on, we're not going to come back and review you and see how you're doing. And I said, well, I don't know if I like that idea. I think I'd like to have you come back. Oh, no, no, you're now part of the union. And that's one of the uh, rules that we have in there. We don't come back and bother you anymore. And I went home and thought about that. And I said, you know what? I can't progress if somebody's going to give me some direction. So I left teaching after being elected to tenure. I uh, went back to school and decided to go into the area of finance and I uh, became a certified financial planner and then uh, developed a lot of other credentials after that and have been a happy camper ever since because uh, in our industry you're reviewed almost every single day by the people you're working with and it never seems to change. We have a volatile scenario going on. Now tell me what makes you a strategic wealth advisor? Well, strategic planning begins with the desired end and works backwards to the current status. For example, Michael, supposing you told me you'd like to own your home in the next five years rather than continuing to rent. You also told me that the approximate price of the house would be $500,000 and you would need a 20% deposit. That would be our desired end. At the Strategic Wealth Advisor, we would put together a savings and investment plan to make that goal of $100,000 a reality. This is in contrast to most financial planners who begin with the current status and then lay down a path to meet estimated future needs. We ask, what must be done here to reach the next higher stage? The Strategic Wealth Advisor looks at the wider picture and is flexible in the choices to solve the problems that we see are in your financial picture. Tell me how you coach your clients. Well, as a coach, the Strategic Wealth Advisor helps individuals to improve their own financial performance. We support each client in achieving a personal goal by providing guidance. In reality, I really believe that the client always has the answer to their own problems, but we understand that they may need some help to find the answer. Michael, let's take a look at using that example again. You told me you wanted to buy a home within five years. You needed $100,000 as a down payment. 
at the strategic wealth advisor we take a look at your current spending and we see you're subscribing to several streaming networks you get hbo go you've got netflix you've got hulu and several others and when we add up each one of oh it's 13 dollars here and 14 dollars there doesn't seem like much but by the end of the year you put in six hundred thousand dollars from your check me account to pay for these items we find out if this is really necessary are you using these daily and can we save some money the strategic wealth advisor is something between a life coach and a financial coach because the two are really inseparable i know that exploring the details of your financial life can feel frightening or even embarrassing or you might believe that your situation is so unique that who could possibly understand much less give you useful advice that's not true we are not here to judge my only goal and agenda is to help you achieve your desired outcome achieving the emotional satisfaction and benefits that come from having a flexible plan it is not a matter of control really it is not but rather providing ourselves with some degree of stability now what are some of the most important things you've learned in your your career path here in the financial industry well (laughs) We explore what value in the way people think about money because those two things profoundly impact how much money you have and what you do with it. Perhaps it's the most important thing I've learned over the years as a longtime strategic wealth advisor. Michael, when your car is coming off the end of its useful time, do you want to purchase a new car off the showroom floor? Yes or no? Yeah, of course. Okay. All right. Now, would you consider a car that has just come off a three-year lease and has 17,000 miles and an extended warranty? I would consider that. All right. So if you said yes to that second option, you can probably save at least 30% over the price of a new car. Now, let's say the car is $48,000. For the new car, you know, uh, one that's coming off lease is thirty-four thousand. You think you could find a place to put that fourteen thousand dollars you saved? Yeah, of course. Wouldn't it be? Yeah, wouldn't it be a nice addition to the hundred thousand dollar goal you have to own your own home in five years? Yeah. So the strict wealth advisor, I want to know. We have some clients that no matter what, they will only purchase a new car off the showroom floor. We accommodate their values also. That's why values impact what you do with your money. Now, you have a statement, there's three things you can do with your money. Talk to me about that. Well, in my industry, most uh, financial planners have all kinds of issues that they put forth uh, with people and they have all kinds of uh, ideas. I've kind of narrowed it down to really three important things you can do with money. You can spend it now, you can spend it later, or you can spend it never. You're going to give it to your children, your grandchildren, or you're going to give it to charity. Most people don't start thinking seriously about spending it later until they're about 35 years old. They're providing for family needs and possibly thinking about future income. And that starts to creep into their thinking. Why? 
because they're starting to see what's happening with their parents and that becomes their future guidepost. This, I have credentials as a strategic wealth advisor, I'm a certified financial planner, and I could produce a leather-bound financial plan, 50 pages, uh, it would look beautiful, and if I gave it to you as a client, most likely you put it on the shelf and never look at it again. Not only that, if the tax laws change, which they do quite frequently, the plan is no longer in, in effect, it's out of date. I try to KISS, keep it simple, sweetie. It's our focus when it comes to money. So having said that, there are only three things you can do. You can spend it now, you can spend it later, or you can spend it never. Okay. Flexible planning becomes the key, Michael. Our basic assumption, I think this is the key that everyone needs to really remember, is that your assumptions must be that your assumptions will change over time. Let me say that again. Your assumption has to be that your assumptions will change over time. On the surface, this may seem to make financial planning difficult, but on the contrary, it actually makes it easier. I agree with you. All right. The, the word retirement is not big in your favorite list of vocabulary words. Uh, talk to me about why not. You're right. I don't like to use that word, Michael. And the reason is retirement is no longer an option in the 21st century. The world has changed, but most books and financial advertisements on television that deal with money matters are still using the old paradigm that no longer exists. I don't know if I would call it false advertising, but it's not a 21st century reality. As a coach, we try to guide you to focus so that you can maintain your desired lifestyle. Those that are currently not working, Michael, realize that they were thinking about dying too young. That was a major issue that they had. What they should have been thinking about was living too long and running out of money. Michael, modern medicine has extended our lives, and it's not unusual to live until our late 90s. Modern medicine can replace your hips and many other joints. I just had a friend who recently had a rod inserted in her neck to help keep her head upright. This was science fiction 25 years ago. It is becoming the norm in the 21st century to have several careers during your lifetime. Generation X, those people may be listening between age 34 and 54, you're going to be the first generation to experience this wonderful new 21st century lifestyle. Our brains and bodies do not need to go out to pasture at age 62 or 65. You're at the prime age to take advantage of your experiences and knowledge. As a result, in the 21st century, you need really to rethink your work career. Maybe you'll have two or three careers. You'll even maybe find the one you really love. Wouldn't that be terrific? If we keep going in that direction, how exciting life is going to be. We may take a sabbatical between the second and third career. If travel is something you like to do, go ahead and do it. But you're going to need to continue earning an income until your late 80s if your health is so maintained. Okay. Let me give you an example, Michael, of why I'd like to use that word that you mentioned. 
let's say you require $100,000 to maintain the present lifestyle that you want to continue. Your children aren't living in the basement. You don't have to support them. If the strategic wealth advisor could find you a 5% CD, we could do that years ago. Maybe that will come back. No market exposure. You don't have to worry about the volatility. How much cash would you have to put in the CD for the interest to be $100,000? How much, Michael? I don't know. You tell me. Two million bucks. You could not touch the principal or you wouldn't have the $100,000 of income. And the $2 million does not include the money you need for inflation and for taxes. So in reality, you're going to need 3 to $4 million. Most people today, Michael, will not have the required amount of money to create the income stream needed to maintain the current lifestyle. Of course, they could win the lottery and that would change things around. I have a client. We'll call him Richard. He hated his job in the medical equipment sales industry. I asked Richard when he came in to visit me at one time, what's your favorite hobby, Richard? He said, I love to play golf, but I can no longer afford the $75,000 dues to belong to the country club. I said, Richard, would you consider working at a golf club? He said, I would love it. Well, I said, how about researching the local golf clubs, see if there's an opening for a sales position in the pro shop where they sell golf clubs. You're an experienced salesperson. Richard did his research, and it resulted in him starting as a part-time golf ranger on the course and a part-time salesperson in the pro shop. He's never been happier. We need to be able to have financial stability until our late 90s. I actually plan clients to be 100 years old, Michael. <laughs> That's good. All right, Nancy, th th those are great stories. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on our show. Thank you for having me today. I've appreciated being with you. Me too. All right, you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thank you for joining with us. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.